Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Detroit Dart Talk. In the studio today, we have a special guest. His name is... Aldos. Yeah, that's right. It's coming to us from... Where are you you at right now? This is uh, Rochester, New York. That's right. He's actually not that far away from us. Uh, sort of a, sort of even a local boy. We might get into that story uh, a little bit later, from what I've heard. And also in the studio, we have Connor McGaffey and Tim Hull and myself, Eric Shellman. Uh, so we would normally talk about projects we've worked on at the beginning, right here. So I'm going to turn it over to our guest of honor right now. Have you been Have you been building any Nerf projects lately? I I like the way you transition between different blasters in your videos. So I mean, you must be working on something. I I don't really have that many working projects at the moment. Well, okay, well, I've got a lot of projects that are kind of like on hold, I guess I could say. So the, the blasters that I, I, I typically switch between are the Spring Thunder, which yeah. is a relatively new addition for me. Uh, we actually got to see that that bl- blaster in particular kind of grow from the ground up because Harrison or G.26, as he goes by online and on Etsy, he he just kind of showed up randomly one day and he was an RIT student. And he's like, look at this thing that I'm designing. And it was unbelievable. Uh, so we got to kind of see that from the ground up. Wow. That's uh, so cool. Used, yeah. oh, it was, it's like, it's one of those just magical blasters that you don't understand how much you're missing until you put it in your hands the first time. And you just like cycle through a couple times. You go, wow, this yeah. is, this is something else. Um, so I've been really loving that recently. Uh, I've also I've, I've got my my Sentinel that I've been mm-hmm. probably I've been in a love affair with for maybe like two or three years. Yeah. Um, and I, that's kind of in a constant work in progress. Um, I've got my actually my my Chronos blasters have recently undergone a change. One of my community members, um, one of my supporters, uh, sent me over some of the new worker T poles mm-hmm. and I've been testing those out and giving those a little bit of a, a feel out and seeing what, what I can do with those. So now my Kronos has a, uh, two Grihas grips on them, which Grihas, uh, so kindly sent over to me, uh, the worker T poles, which can be installed and used it without having to impede on the Grihas grips, which is absolutely wonderful. Uh, so I've been using those recently. Um, I think I'm going to be putting in a, like a, a return spring onto the the Kronos, and maybe I'll yeah. talk about like some some problems that I'm having with the worker T poles later. Um, but uh, uh, but that um, cool. I, I don't know, not, nothing nothing else really that major. Before you get too far away from it, do you know that Grihas is local to us here? Yes. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah. He's uh, yeah. he hasn't been on a podcast yet. It's hard to get him and his schedule aligned up sometimes, but he does come to our games fairly frequently. So that's good. I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that you still have those on there and haven't given him up completely. No, I I, yeah. I love them. They're they're fabulous, and I even like. I, I will say when I first put the the T poles on, I was kind of like skeptical. I, I wasn't sure exactly how much I, I would use them. I do. I found it almost natural to, if i'm if i've got a lot of space i use the t-poles if i'm in close really tight behind cover it's pretty hot grip all the way and so it's nice that i don't have to choose between them and mm-hmm. prioritize one uh-huh. or the other i can make that choice in game so yeah that's awesome yeah that's a one of the guys here put an 18 kilogram spring in his chronos with the t-pole that's, that's beefy yeah. that's it that's a lot shooting laser beams though it, it shot it shot 
harder than I thought you could shoot a rival ball. That was the thing that I didn't understand. Is I, I kind of always heard there was this cap on the speed you could shoot a rival ball. What was he shooting? He checked in the chrono. It was like 170 yeah, or something? Yeah, it was, it was really high. Oh my God. It was ridiculous. Now, I've got one that's K26, and it isn't hitting nearly that hard, and the balls are all over the place shooting wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something. Uh, something weird a K twenty six Chronos will will fire around 130 feet per second. Um, and then what what I found in regards to the accuracy, if we use Nerf branded rival rounds, uh, HIRs, they fire like laser beams. the The second they start to get maybe like two or three, definitely once you get double digits um, amount of uses in from like uh, two hour events and that kind of thing, they start to wear down a lot and the infections and the balls just go all over the place. So that you, uh, you got to kind of like keep keep up on the, the ammo stock. Well, you just made a point I've never heard anyone say before that rival balls wear out. Pretty much, I don't know, maybe maybe other people hear about this, but we haven't heard about rival balls ever taking any kind of wear at all. You know, they just last forever. That's just the deal. But I should show you some of the rival balls we have. <laughs> oh, man, I'd love to see that. That sounds doing, super cool. We're doing different stuff, though, because um, the, the, the gym is coated in rubber matting, mm-hmm. and they'll constantly get stuck underneath some of our cover. And, I mean, they're, they're heavy boxes. So when instructors move them around for classes, like, it, it's, it's a, a – perpetual game that we have in the parkour classes where the kids are are constantly in line trying to find as many rival and nerf darts as possible <laughs> and uh we'll, we'll always like go to the instructor like look what i found under the box great thanks timmy congrats so, yeah. put it in the bin <laughs> good job see kids are good for something right you know ball, yeah. ball finders and all that stuff. Yeah, so just a background because not everyone I feel I think that people who listen to this primarily nerf, but um a background on you. We did we should we should have introduced you first. So um you actually <laughs> run a parkour gym to my knowledge. So your business model is is similar but different to Connor here, I'd say. Uh, is that correct? What else, what else do you guys do? Yeah. So we we are a parkour gym first and foremost. The parkour gym was one of the first 10 possible i think i clocked it in at the fifth or sixth parkour gym in the country uh, but definitely in the top 10 of the the first parkour gyms ever that got started we got started in february of 2011 in rochester new york and we've been in luckily in business ever since and i say luckily because we we started out in a very like it i okay i can say that i've learned business in in the hardest way possible uh having had no business classes uh we had no funding for the project uh i mean like i can probably think of 12 situations where looking at the finances and the bills we were certain that we were going to go bankrupt and out of business and like things just magically take hold and and like work themselves out and you go like oh my god i can't believe i can pay myself this month or pay my employees this month and you go how how did this happen um so uh it's been evolving ever since ever since and so right now the 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 way that we are we are a parkour gym first and foremost the name is rochester parkour or the rochester parkour gym you can find us online at rochesterparkour.com 
And we do parkour classes. We do everything from uh, kids as young as three years old. And we've had members that are in their mid-70s come in and train and do wonderful, good stuff. Uh, We are super focused on on safety and uh, effective training methods. We have a wonderful program uh, that a lot of people kind of like think of parkour as being um, super dangerous or injurious. Mm. And that's just simply not the case. And we have a wonderful program that is way safer than football, soccer, any martial art, and uh, like basketball and any other team sport that that kids might partake in and whatnot. About f- five or six years ago, our now employee and our game mod, Ben, who runs all of our Nerf games, he was a student at the time and he said that he wanted to have his birthday party at our gym. And back then we didn't even offer birthday parties, um, mostly because we were in this really great warehouse, like a super crappy warehouse. Uh, and there were, there were no windows. Uh, we didn't have heat the first year that we moved in uh, because our landlord was a slumlord and would, would hire like people off the street and pay them four to five dollars an hour and and they would constantly do drugs outside our door and like smoke and and everything else um and so again miracle that we survived through that (laughs) ellis you you know you can't see connor right now but he's nodding every time everything you're saying is like so many similarities i love it (laughs) and congratulations on being in business that long seriously that's that's sweet but oh my gosh yeah Uh, the first location and just all very parallel paralleled stories here um yeah now when you came up with the idea now you you were one of the first five to do it that's awesome now did you when you did it were you like all right so i'm really into parkour i'm educated and did you like we're like i'm just gonna open up a gym and it sounds like it's evolved over the years as far as like how it's run and everything did you use someone else's like kind of basic concept or was it just like i'm gonna learn as i go there was there was um one or two main parkour gyms that were already open doing doing things and doing programs but they were they were in like seattle mm-hmm. and uh uh colorado or like denver colorado and or los angeles and so these are like very large established markets and they can funnel or they can that you can have an idea that starts up and and you can kind of like being the first one there a lot of people think that when you're doing business like oh if you build it they'll come and as i found out like that is not the case (laughs) um and uh uh getting getting people to understand who you are especially with a a new thing like parkour especially something that is is so obscure like parkour has so many different definitions because we're, we're very open source and that's one of the benefits of, of parkour that there is no real true definition of parkour but that's also our our biggest downfall because anybody who's anybody can can do you know quote unquote parkour and put it on the internet and then suddenly if it gets like a ton of traction online if it gets a lot of views or anything else that now is the the predefined notion of what parkour is uh and i'm sure the same thing could could be said for a lot of different hobbies uh that don't have a like general headquarters so for instance let's say like nerf at least has hasbro and has nerf that is is putting out their their blasters and having their own stake in the items that are being used or the objects of the hobby. But then obviously you have the hobbyists afterwards that are constantly modifying and doing different things. But since that's all such niche uh, or a niche part of the hobby, 
uh, people don't associate Nerf with Caliburns, at least yet. Uh, but yeah. I'm sure Captain Slug would love for for that to be the case. Love for you to give uh, money, basically. Yeah, yeah. money. <laughs> yeah. So they they you know they uh, people associate with 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 foam darts and, and foam balls and that kind of thing. But uh, with with parkour. Uh, it, 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 I, my original idea for the parkour gym was oh, like a climbing gym and people will come in and we'll, we'll have the, the place and people will be able to move around and explore and be in gym kind of place and like a college kid hangout as, and as I, I found very quickly, don't like to spend money on, on things that are good for them or healthy yeah, for Cal- them. Yeah, college age students are like, that's like the one market <laughs> I, I don't get here. So di- now when- Nobody gets college kids. No, yeah, unless it's like some kind of school outing or something um, or club outing. Right. But, so like, did you know like going in like, so it sounds like you do have younger kids that go in there. Did you like think like, oh, like that's going to be a thing, like younger kids um, classes or- I, I will say the- if I were to be given the opportunity to start the business the way that I did when I was 22 years old, mm-hmm. I would a hundred percent not make that decision. Uh, it was, it was possibly the stupidest decision of my life. Um, and it's worked out and it's been like, it's a blessing every day, but <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll look at you and you say $6,000 in my bank account that I own in a dream. And then they go, you should get a better dream. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it was basically just, uh, being young and dumb and not knowing enough to not make the bad decision and just go in. And then I'm, I'm a very stubborn person, and so I, I refuse to let it die. And, and so now, now we're we've grown into a, an establishment. We do um, we have eight employees. Uh, my I, myself and my wife are full time in in the gym. We've got one other person that's just about to make the switch to salaried full time, and uh, we service. Uh, we see probably about three or 4,000 unique Rochesterians every year. And we clock somewhere in the realm of 10 to 15,000 uh, like individual training hours over the course of a, over a year. Wow. And, um, and it grows, it grows every year. So that's awesome. Yeah. So you're in a different location than you originally were or. So the slum. Oh my God. Gone? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> Wait, no, <laughs> so it sounds I, like, I signed yeah. a three, three without knowing anything and the second i could get out of that place i did that dude that dude was a real piece of work it, it broke um, up and it, it was one of those things three that like, year lease yeah it was, again yeah you, luckily the first location learn, i was at right? it was run by like a sketchy <laughs> sketchy situation but it was month to month and like i mean there was definitely like barely no heat in the winter and it was insanely hot in the summer but again those I've, our locations i believe they were like it was the best like training ground to start a business i feel <laughs> If you can, yeah, you if, learn. You can, if you can do it you there, learn. like you can, every, the next location is I, like no problem. Like if customer complains about yeah. it in Chile, I'd be like, yeah, you, you, you don't know what Chile is. <laughs> if, yeah, if you, if you can survive through a place like that, like you, you know, 
Oh yeah. You've got something. You've got something sturdy. We, we, got we, something we had like weeks where we didn't have power. Like we had uh flooding every spring. Oh, it was, and you're on your own too. It was just like, all right, <laughs> like too bad, buddy. Yeah. You I became a pro it. at like unflooding a place as if there's no flood within like 30 minutes. All you need is a fan and a shop pack. That's all you need. But <laughs> we're, uh, we're going to get along Connor. Oh we're yeah. I think along. so. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> no, this, this is great. I'm liking this episode. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> contributing because he knows the topic pretty well. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. No, he's pretty good about that. Um, but yeah, so so um, I would say we we didn't necessarily know that classes were going to be how we made our money way back when. It's just kind of evolved since then. And then on on top of that, uh, there's there's a huge problem in. Um, and I mean, this is going to like kind of delve away from, from the nerf hobby for a little bit. So hopefully people are still interested in this, but but there's a huge problem in the fitness industry and there's way too many people that just have no clue what they're talking about. And the, the fitness industry has been destroyed by marketers Mm -hmm. and, uh, just like marketing terms or buzzwords or anything else. And especially when you combine that with, with something that has high dynamic power, like parkour and movement and whatnot, it's just a recipe for disaster. Um, and it can be very dangerous because, uh, you're, you're not, you're, you're taking these people more often than not a parkour instructor or even a fitness coach. You don't even really know who these people are in and of themselves. They're, they're taking stuff that worked for them or they've always ever been fit uh, or, or been what they call healthy or anything else like that. And they're trying to singular model and put it into every single person that they touch. And like people are different. People, people are all across the board and there are, there are different things that a person can do that can help, help them live a healthy life or a fit life and fit also is like a very variable term and and very subjective. Um, And so what we did is we really hunkered down and uh, my, my wife and I are actually about a hundred ish or so pages through our our first book of writing every piece of knowledge that we have on how to properly train movement and how to instruct other people and educate other people because it, there is no such thing as a parkour certification right now. And that's a super dangerous thing. And a lot of people are just kind of like going, oh, yeah, so today for our first parkour class, we're going to be like, you know, doing this crazy big jump and whatnot. And uh, Sick, yeah, bro. so there we go. We're just going to go do it. It's like that's that's not how any of this works. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Um, but uh, Can I tangent you real for, quick? Go I, for I'm it. I'm just curious, like uh, fitness side – have you what's your opinion on uh, uh becoming a supple leopard have you ever seen read that book say that it say it again you cut Be, out sorry what's have you ever um seen becoming a supple leopard yes uh, i was curious what your what your thoughts are on that one because that's one that's one that i've read or at least used as sort of a reference textbook in some cases but i'd love to hear another opinion on it i i remember almost it. think <laughs> um shoot what's that guy's name uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, oh my god! Watched his stuff. It's okay, in quite too a many while. too many tangents. We can talk about it later. Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. Um, I I almost think he's too smart for himself. He would be so much more effective if he could dumb down his words a little bit more. Um, <laughs> okay. but yeah. but 
for for all intents and purposes, I've read Supple Leopard, and it's a fabulous book. And it it is definitely one of those things where if if you have if you have no idea uh, what we're talking about, or you're you're interested in obtaining better movement, or just understanding a little bit more about how the body works and ways that you can uh, un un like be unchained in actually understand how like you can make your body yours and not feel so controlled by your body and be like, Oh, way down or anything else. Um, supple leopard is, is a fabulous one and it's a, it's a very good start. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. We really, my wife and I really like that one for, we use it as sort of a reference book for movements. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. Um, can um we, but can, oh, sorry, just to, to tie this back into mm-hmm. to nerf and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my now employee, uh, who was a student at the time, just like he wanted to have a birthday party at, at the gym. And this was like back in our grunge days in the grunge gym. We we're like, okay, I guess so. We, we had never had a birthday party because why would anybody bring a group of kids to us in this like, you know, grungy establishment, um, that you have to like go through, uh, uh, is to get to you know that kind of thing yeah so uh so he wanted to have his birthday party there it's like okay great it's like oh and i want to i want to bring nerf guns um okay yeah i guess so that that should work why not and what ended up happening was he brought in he and his friends brought in these crazy i didn't even know modifying nerf blasters was a thing back then they brought in these crazy modified long shots and then they brought in modified darts with washer head tipped darts oh yeah yeah i had never been scared for my life before (laughs) oh my gosh you're like what did i agree to oh yeah I i remember when a dart would miss and hit the wall and just make this thud this whap and i would be like oh my god this is this is okay. <laughs> uh, and so nobody got hurt. <laughs> um, nobody got hurt. And and we kind of learned a lot from that. But it was it was kind of like eye opening and go like, wow, we like this. If if we were to say, hey, hold on, leave those darts at home and we'll just invest in some for ourselves. And then maybe we'll invest in our own blasters and, and you could bring your own if you wanted to. Now we can start to do like we could do nerf battles and that that's a, a perfect event for a, an establishment like us that that has like free time. If we're if we at that time we weren't open on Fridays and technically we still aren't open on Fridays except for the adult nerf battles that we have uh, because classes would never take hold. People have other stuff they want to do on a Friday evening. And so mm-hmm. we said, you know, hey, whatever, let's do this like random event and just get a different either a different crowd out or just have some more fun because there's a huge crossover between people that enjoy training parkour and gaming and and especially real life gaming like the the what you find with nerf blasters and and that kind of yeah. thing especially like the tinkers and people that want to mess around and and mod their blasters and that kind of thing so it, it was perfect uh we we have cover that stays up constantly all we do is we just switch it around to try to balance it out and make yeah, it a little bit. You guys have the best cover. It's uh, it's a really awesome layout of verticality and then, ton- you know, the cave and things like this. It's really nice. Yeah. Uh, um, and, I, I mean, and they change it though. The I thought it was fixed. Why, yeah. I think the only reason why stuff like that works is simply because like we're, we're not, we're not a nerf fronted business. It's, it's just, it's something that we like to, we like to dabble in. We have a space that works well for it. And, and I think actually, 
<laughs> after we started doing that, all the other parkour gyms in the in the the country started like suddenly popping up. I think it's so. I don't. I don't know. Hey, we're we're losing you here for a second. Just want to just kind of pause that until we get good signal back. Um, it just every so often it's it's doing a little bit of choppiness. Okay, I think we got you back now. Okay. Yeah. You're saying uh, the other parkour gyms started doing it as well, the Nerf Knights. Yeah, yeah. The the other parkour gyms started started doing it. Um, they'll they'll do family Nerf battles and that kind of thing. They're not crazy profitable um, from like a like in in comparison to if we were to attempt to do or Friday night could ever be as profitable as a Thursday night or a Tuesday night or a Monday night with full of parkour stuff like it's it is not worth it but given the fact that fridays have never performed well for our other stuff this is a great way to um like use our space and just like bring in a different demographic that might not even be the kind of demographic that can fund a place that is open you know five six seven days a week or that kind of thing so it works well for us uh, but I'm I'm really excited to see places like uh, like Connors grow and and start to like take over and maybe make this into more of a direct model that that might pop up more and more throughout the country. So, thanks. Yeah, that's, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah, I think most of your events are actually not you know after work focused events, right? You have sort of during the day and then weekend heavy uh, uh during the week is that... it is mostly when people get off work um, oh, but okay. then like you get the occasional where people will, will get off work early so it'll be like lunchtime when people come in um oh, cool. so work will do half days it's it's a lot of these companies have like quarterly like money to spend on like outings um and luckily i'm like pretty like close to being downtown detroit where there's a lot of a lot of businesses out there mm-hmm. got some big ones like got Ford and Quicken Loans and Bluegrass Blue Shield and all that stuff. But yeah, it's all about just getting in with one company and just once you get in there, it spreads because um, everyone's just like in these special number of teams that are just perfect for like Nerf Wars. Um, so it works out. But yeah, during the week, it's mostly just uh, corporate outings, usually after five o'clock and then or five o'clock and later ah, right on. or okay. lunchtime. Uh, but Mondays and Tuesdays, I typically don't have groups except next Monday I do. And if there's like a day off school, then kids end up on a Monday. Those end up being really busy days. If do you do open play on those days? I don't. No, just no. schedule. I don't. Events. I don't really like open play to be yeah. honest. It's uh really unpredictable and I. No guaranteed I don't know. revenue. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, it's just kind of a an option for people to do if they don't want to spend the money on a private party. Right on. I gotcha. But bring it since this is a nerf sort of uh dart f- talk focused podcast um you're telling us about the blasters you've been that you that you have the ones you've been working on so you run the the sentinel and the spring thunder is there anything else that you have in your normal oh and the chronos is chronoxin chronosi is, is that is that the plural is that I, the official plural chronoxin? i'll let you decide <laughs> uh, one chronoxin of blasters yeah um, yeah but, so in my in my bag right now i've got the spring thunder the Sentinel, both of my Kronos blasters, the Artemis, uh, Artemis, which I, I need, I've been meaning to put a K26 in that one as well. Mm-hmm. I've got a modified strike that I, I I can't say what I've put into it because uh, our game mod Ben made it for me one one year for a Christmas present. Nice. Um, 
So I, I don't know what, what what I've never done an electronic mod actually my, myself. Um, I was I've been meaning to do that. Yeah, it seems like you're all yeah. spring based. What about the rest of your clientele, or the, the um, people who play with you? Are they what are they using? Any- ben and his dad John uh, do a lot of electrical stuff and are, are so okay. The Chronos is just too good. Like that's that's just it comes down to the fact that in in a in a CQB style arena, the Chronos just works so well. It's too good. Um, people almost always they'll start with the the bigger blasters or or uh, uh, higher like they'll they'll start with a Nemesis um, or they'll run and a Strife or something else, and people always seem. To come back to a Chronos, because you can you can get set up and get a game running, bit top. We're having that cutout issue again. Just you, people always. The last thing we heard was people are always reaching for a Chronos, and that and we lost you. Can you go from there? Gotcha. Do you do you want to switch over to Skype and see if that has the the same effect or no? It's going to have the same effect, I think. It's Probably. gotcha. Is it think, the, is it an internet issue? Do you think? It is. Yeah, we. Yeah, pretty sure. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So, uh, yeah, th- with with the Chronos just being too good, sometimes people will they'll start with a Nemesis or a Strife, and they they almost always. And with Chronos blasters, because <laughs> once all the darts are gone, once all their mags are unloaded, it just takes way too much time to to get them loaded out again. Yeah. And so people just inevitably they they drop down. And I mean the Chronos is is amazing, especially if you've if you've upgraded it. It, <laughs> I mean it it fires super straight. Uh, most people have put a K twenty six in theirs. And you can fit into any of the tight spaces in the arena. You can fit behind any cover and not be impeded by the size of your blaster. And you can just collect ammo from the floor so easily. You can run it yeah. with just a, yeah. a pocket. And I mean, yeah, it just it works too too well. So yeah, Springers kind of are the name of the game for the arena, um, which which might be unfortunate if if uh, people are are more interested in seeing electronic or flywheelers versus flywheeler blasters. But um, yeah, it just it's it's kind of how it naturally happened that that people like Springers. I normally I I do Springers just because I don't have that much time, and, and the the time that I do put into the hobby is like it's always this this challenge between how much time do I or how much time and money do I invest in the channel and my film equipment versus how much time and money do I spend on my blasters and hobby equipment. So um, yeah, more up I like. The the whole spring thing, I think it makes sense for your facility because it is so so CQB, so close to, together all the time. Here at the Dart Club, we have a mix, like a pretty good mix of medium range to close range all the time. Well, that's really just for Z one three nights. Just so Z13, for Detroit yeah. Dart Club, like we just do springers. Um, it's just they're just all around easier to use, quick to reload. No and mags, no batteries, right? no yeah. mags, no batteries, less jams. Mostly um, front loaders. Front loaders for the most part, yeah. The only non-front loaders are the the Artemis, and uh, that's basically it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we do Springers, and then um, yeah, they're just a little bit easier. And 
People get it. They have. They even it, have yeah. questions with the Artemis. The Artemis can be a bit much to understand sometimes. Yeah, if you add one extra thing to the instructions. So, like in the beginning, half my groups are adult groups, and that's when I go through the different blasters. So, with the adult groups, we just do like Artemis's hammer shots, cyclone shocks, and some lightning bows, and that's like yeah, basically lightning bows it. are awesome. But you have to go through like the instructions pretty quick and efficient, otherwise you'll see them kind of like lose, like dozing off almost, and you gotta, yeah. they really need to know how to, <laughs> they work too, because uh, they'll just hand it to me and be like, this doesn't work, and it's like, ah, you it just does. gotta, it does. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it happens all the time. But yeah, so th- we actually are, uh, it's a completely different feel for the games here. Everything is is pretty deep into uh, tactical gear. So we're, we have loadouts, you know, we've got chest ri- battle rigs to carry, uh, carry extra magazines. And whenever we get turned, so we, once when we play, it goes from you being a human and then you get to keep playing because you're a zombie until the end of that game. Um, we set our gear down on tables and then go run around as zombies, switch the bandana over and, and keep going. Um, but there is there is a very little in the way of Springers. In fact, I know one guy who's a, fe- a friend of Pete Fuzzy Pete uh, brings a Hades every time, and that's his primary blaster, and he does fine. Uh, I, I don't really even think that we need uh, the high-powered flywheel blasters sometimes, but we enjoy using them. What do you think, Tim? Uh, yeah, I unless you're at one end of the arena, the double arena, and you're shooting at somebody from the other end you don't need something very high powered mm-hmm. you know a stock blaster can reach most of those ranges honestly i've been i've been ser- not even seriously i know i'm going to start mixing up my blasters so tim and i both uh we we use fdl blasters and those are awesome they're wonderful but i feel like i do i want to change it up because we keep i don't want to do the same thing every time and that's the beauty of nerf is it's relatively inexpensive to try something else to grab as you said a chronos and play with that for a little while. And that's a whole new experience and a whole new set of fun that you can have while playing in these games. Um, and I, I just don't want to get complacent. Even though I still have fun, I want to try some other things. So I'm definitely switching soon. The next thing on my agenda is a Spring Thunder. Uh, oh, yeah. It just looks yeah, gorgeous. It does. I want. I'm. I can't remember. You can buy a hardware kit, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And even more so after watching. Yeah, he he does he does give hardware kits out. Yeah. Even more so after watching some of your footage and, and how effectively you use it. You know, people say the sledge fire is not combat uh, uh, practical, but uh, after watching, you know, someone like you with the Spring Thunder go to town with it, it's it's obviously can be used effectively. Yeah. Does he do? Is it hard to prime that without a stock? That's the one thing that's that I otherwise I would have already been trying to get one or building one. Um, but the whole lack of a stock thing, I know he added pseudo added a stock to it at some point, but it seems like it really needs one to get the prime motion down. There, there is an official stock out for mm-hmm. it now. I, I think it's it's pretty cheap. It's like an eleven dollar add on, which is crazy because it is a very beefy print for yeah, it. Yeah, I don't understand um, how he charges for printing like that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little crazy to me. I mean, he. It's so cheap. I'm just saying. Har- it's, Harrison's interesting. He's an interesting person. Yeah. Um, but he, he, I think it's it's definitely not like his his primary thing. And I think one of the one of the issues that came with him releasing the spring thunder when he did uh, a lot of people I, I remember being in in the and people were, were talking about it and a, a lot of people were upset at how 
to like get get him uh, or get them their their blasters or their orders or that kind of thing and uh it, it's it was just unfortunate timing because he literally graduated this last spring and moved got a new job so he had to move like you know from from a different state to a different state he had the a new apartment he had to move and get all of his uh printers set up ready to go and um yeah it's just like he I, is I don't sort think of a he cares about making tale. money from this. So yeah, uh, yeah, he probably doesn't. He's sort of a cautionary tale um, because I don't know. We, we've talked about it. I'm doing a, a shop um, with custom designs, and and I know that if I re- if I try to push it and market it at all, people are going to expect it to be ready. And I'm just plain not ready to. And I don't have a backlog of parts built up, so it's like I just talk about it locally with with the guys around here and try not to push it too much because. I don't want to be in that situation where people are like, why can't I get this? I remember reading all the threads on the Spring Thunder, like, why is this not available? Why can I not buy this right now? And he'd be in there like, yeah. oh, okay, I'll, I'll I'll see what I can do. And I don't know. People just I, don't understand. Yeah, that. I kind of had the same... I had the same sort of experience. Um, I've got the, the, the Spring Thunder... Not the Spring Thunder kit, the Sentinel kit that I've been working on for, for quite a while. And, like, technically... Technically, it's done. the The design is great. Last thing and we heard. Sorry about is, that again. The last thing is the design is great, which is a good way to end that. But <laughs> you, had, you had more to say. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, the design the design is done. The dimensions are all set and complete for uh, the the bolt assemblies and the breech assemblies and the 3d printed uh, harnesses for the barrel and that kind of thing. And like people keep asking about it. And, and like there, there's this little part of me that's like, Oh man, I really like, this would be a great way to help the, the channel just a little bit more, bring in a little bit of extra money, extra funds that, that can again, go to live stream equipment or video equipment and help out but at the same time there's always that that chance that it's like oh why isn't out Al, like aldos is, is doing this thing it's like taking forever to to happen blah 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 and it's like i'm i don't know i don't want to i'm not trying to be a nerf retailer i'm not trying to start up a, a shop like out of darts has or anything else i just have this thing i've got this this item that i've been working on and i'd like to be able to sell it to people um, but at the same time, I don't want to just like bad name for myself or something else. So I don't know. Uh, okay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I was just, we were laughing about something that popped up, but yeah, it's, yeah, you have to be ready because people are going to demand it. Our hobby is small enough that you have to have both the, the customer service or else everyone's going to talk about it. Uh, and you have to have product availability, at least for the most part. You have to have some product available yeah. for all the ravenous people who want just want it. They don't care like how much it costs. They just want it. I think what's going on with Jet and their Katana mags right now is a perfect example. Yeah, for sure. They probably had to change. A co- I would imagine they are either at the mercy of another mold company, and that's why you know they're just on the schedule for a mold making company to run the next production batch, and they sold out so quickly. They they don't have, you know, another company ready to make it. And the molds are probably owned by that company, you know? So it's, it just, they don't know how to do it. They didn't expect the demand that they received for sure. Not, yeah. um, I actually, can we, can we scoot on a little bit to, yeah, we've, we've been going talking for a while. You've been talking for a while. Um, so we had a, we tried live streaming 
or Tom tried live streaming <laughs> who uh, last Z13 event and it just didn't go well for us. You can sort of hear slash see that the internet here it comes in and out. And we think that was the issue behind the the live streaming. But you did have some really good tips that you were telling me personally, but I haven't I haven't told these guys. Um, can you sort of explain roughly, you know, you don't have to be too specific, but roughly your live streaming rig and and maybe what drove you to do the live streaming? Because it's such a cool idea to watch. It's just really hard to do. Yeah. Uh I would say the 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 whole live stream thing started off in a very similar way to the gym starting off of just kind of I I remember YouTube was, had just changed all of their their partnership policies saying that they were making them more challenging or or harder that kind of thing and and we've got um, prior to that we had monetization through YouTube with the uh the gym channel the gym has its own channel rochester parkour and my own channel aldos and from that i I remember like it's not a lot of money and and i get that you know uh, i i understand why youtube made the changes they made but at the same time like for a a new channel starting out like i i looked at the account before youtube was going to close it and it's like 200 something dollars and like, yeah, when you consider all the work that I put into the the videos and whatnot, it's literally like I'm making 10 cents an hour, but <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's still money. It's still yeah. there. It's still, it's still a nice, stuff. It's a that, nice, uh, what a, not a congratulation, but like a validation of your work. That, yeah. That it's worth yeah. And, and I mean, you know, also never know, like of that 200 bucks, like there was just one random video that, that generated easy, easily like a hundred bucks of that. And you have no idea when a video like that will happen. And it's just such a shame that 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 is now an experience that new YouTubers will not have until Mm -hmm. they've already established themselves and have a thousand subscribers and see 4,000 hours of watch time in a year. Um, So anyway, so I I had that money in in the, the pot and I was like, you know what? I've been I've been thinking about possibly doing live streams. I remember I tried them on my phone for a little bit and I knew that that wasn't the case. And without even really doing that much research, I, I just kind of I, I uh, cashed out of YouTube. I closed the account and I put that money into a an HDMI transmitter and receiver package. And the, the specific one that I'm using is the Nereus Ares Pro. And um it was it was exactly the amount that I had. It was two hundred and fifty dollars, and I didn't even realize at the time that my the action camera that I used, which is a Sony FDR X three thousand, this this would never work out if it if you you had like a, a GoPro because for whatever reason GoPros decided to remove the HDMI out capabilities of their GoPros, and so if you don't have the ability to output HDMI, you you won't be able to live stream the same way that that I do unfortunate because i think that it'd be really cool especially for other places to to start mm-hmm. doing and and just like have a different feel for the kind of events that that take on and or uh, happen throughout the the nation or the globe um so i've got my my sony fdr x3000 that's my action camera uh that is hooked up to my nearest aries pro the hdmi transmitter and that can do about 100 feet of uninterrupted uh distance between the transmitter and receiver so I have this like 50 foot long HDMI cord 
that uh, I have my, my receiver in as central of a position as possible. And that feeds into a gaming rig, essentially, um, although it is technically a pretty old gaming rig. Uh, it plays Skyrim, though, so that, that's that's nice. Yeah, my Alexa um, plays Skyrim now, too, though. Yeah. <laughs> Not the um, same. And then on that gaming rig, I have a an Elgato 60 Pro capture card. Um, and then... I, I try to do most of the I try all most tasks as possible to my GPU, which is um, not not like a, a great GPU. It's like a, a I don't know a GeForce 1050 Ti. I think um, I, I paid 120 me? bucks for it. Like so. that's that's a pretty decent graph. A 10 1050 10 series card. That's pretty good. Okay, well, yeah. I paid 120 bucks for it, and considering yeah. most people are just like 1080s, man, 1080s, like, I don't yeah. have that much money. You don't so. need it. you don't need that for like I don't know. Like you said, it'll play Skyrim. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it plays Skyrim. So that's that's all I need. You know, yeah, good then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that's that's the setup. Uh, that that's how it works. Aside from that, the the real thing that makes it run is we are in a position lucky enough to have fiber optic capabilities. And our, our, yeah, our upstream is 20 megabits per second, which is more than enough than we need in order to, to, uh, you know, broadcast and transmit and that kind of thing. And that's, that's really the, the heart of all of it. And so what I would say for anybody that's interested in testing out live streaming, if it's on your phone or anything else, before you do anything, you have to do a, a, a speed test. If you don't know what speeds you're getting. And even if you do know what speeds you're getting, if, if I know, hey, I, I run with this fiber optic company called Greenlight and, and I know that I'm paying for 100 megabits per second down and 20 megabits per second up, it's very possible, especially knowing that we stream during prime time, it's very possible that we are not pulling those numbers exactly when we need it. And oh. maybe for that specific day, we're only pulling 13 mega, megabits per second up and that's going to affect it, especially if I'm saying like, oh, well, I'm going to run. Uh, so like recently I've set up uh, two two uh, cameras in my live stream setup. So I've got two capture cards. I've got my old capture card, which is an Elgato so game capture. Your HD. two cameras. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt too much. But two cameras, uh, you have one on your body, on your person that's running around. And then I think you have a, a, the second one. Is that your Overwatch kind of view or is that something else? Yeah, that, that actually pulls from the... NVR from our security cameras. So we, we have uh, okay. uh, a set of security cameras that are all throughout the gym. Um, I, I can't control those though. If, if I had somebody sitting there controlling the cameras, we would be able to switch them around. Uh, but, but having them just kind of like, uh, otherwise I have to put them on a loop that, that they would switch every three to five seconds or that kind of thing. And sometimes it's not a, a camera that I want to be showing. So I kind of just do the one that, that gives me the, the most view of the field, which is our, our back corner camera. And uh, that feeds into, I have that feeding into my laptop, which is a Surface Pro 4 um, with an i5. And that has a USB game capture HD. And I'll, I'll stream that data because uh, that doesn't, that doesn't do anything. It just, it, it, all that does is ingest the preview of the the video. And then I use a protocol called NDI that streams that over the same network to my live stream rig, which is technically right next to it. And that'll pull on the feed and I can uh, use the, so I use Streamlabs OBS, which is a, a, uh, a, 
of the open source software OBS. And they have the ability to turn your phone into a remote. As Which all is cool. It, That's what you wear on your wrist during the games, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what I do is I'll, I'll have that on a wrist mount on my, uh, or yeah, I'll have the, my phone on, on a wrist mount and I keep it on the entire time. Uh, I basically have my screen on for two hours, which kills my battery, but it is what it is. Um, but that way I can keep chat open and I can talk to people that, that are, are coming in and viewing viewing the, the the stream and communicate with them and that kind of thing. And then I can also have on a split screen because I have Android, uh, I've got the scene switcher underneath that and, and I can start the stream, end the stream. Um, I can start recording and recording. I can switch between all the different scenes. And so typically I, what I try to do is every time I get hit out, I'll switch it over to the overview camera. So that that's a little bit more interactive. Um, so I've been messing around. See people aren't seeing you reload and walk around like that. Is that the yeah, idea? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got uh, a different a different scene set up. Um, I've been trying to play around with music, trying to input music into the stream for for low times, like when when I'm when, uh, when a game is changing over after the game ends and a new one starts. P- people are just kind of going around collecting darts, and so I've been trying to input music into there to be a little bit more laid back and uh, entertaining, and that kind of thing. Cool. Um, so so yeah. So if but again, if it's one of those days where if if I'm trying to stream at let's say like 6,000 kilobits per second and then my NDI protocol is using another 6,000 kilobits per second that's that's 12 right there and then people are like it's a public or not public but like everybody that walks in the gym has probably connected to the wi-fi at some point or another so now they're pulling data as well and that's kind of like uh I don't know like fracturing the the service just a little bit so if if we test day of, and I see that we're not pulling anywhere close to 20 megabits per second, if we're only pulling or able to to push out like 14, I'm probably going to drop the bit rate to something. I've dropped it as low as 2,000 kilobits per second, um, just to ensure that the stream maintains its quality and and is able to stay up and not not get too many technical issues. So, gotcha. Yeah. Um. So, the. Uh... I know Eric Eric had to step out for a second. So I apologize, but so talking a little bit more about the like, how did all of the members of your group come to? Are they all were they all from the parkour gym, or did a few of them start from the park, the guy who, uh, who had his birthday party there, and it just kind of grew from there? Or? Yeah, so it it's sort. I mean, we probably could have grown things a lot faster had we not made a couple stupid decisions in the beginning when we first started out uh keeping in in line with like our parkour values or that kind of thing we saw it more of like a hybrid parkour nerf thing instead of just like a a nerf thing or trying to be a part of the uh international nerf community and i didn't have the channel back then and uh, or anything else and i didn't really know that that the the hobby existed and so we had these like super strict requirements and at back back when we first started all of our events we made it so that there were only single shooters allowed okay. uh which is which is not fun for anybody uh but we didn't know that back in the day um and so a lot of people it took us probably almost two years after making the switch away and allowing 
modified blasters and and blasters of any type and any caliber uh the entry in order to join it took about two years for people that used to come to finally understand and be educated enough to be like oh i can bring a like my strife now and and use that it's like yeah 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 we've been having that policy now for two years but you know when when you fool somebody once or or uh give them a bad experience once it's very hard to win them back. And and that was kind of unfortunate the way that that happened. Uh, so growth has been pretty slow. Uh, and it's also a challenge because our, our square footage is very small for, for what it is. It's actually only about 3,700 square feet and the movement space and the, the arena space is really only about 3,400 square feet. And so once it starts getting more than 12 or 14 people, it, it, things start getting a little wonky and uh, game modes need to get get uh, either taken out or added in in order to accommodate that that many bodies in the area. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of experiencing that with our uh, Z13 event right now. We're, we're finding that around 30 ish is is the sweet spot. Any any more than that, we start to. Uh... 30s a lot yeah, yeah it's you start to get a little chaotic it's hard to keep everyone focused at that point too um yeah all together what did you say your sweet spot number was for that space i i didn't i kind of missed that i'd say our sweet spot is about 12 yeah 12 people that's um so my wife really likes playing with this but it, she doesn't she doesn't like it when it gets bigger like this because we do lose some of the the real comp not even competition, but the sort of knowing people and, and having space to work and maneuver and, and around those numbers like that, even though the space is bigger, it, it does lend itself to really good gameplay. Um, even in, in a space like this, but, uh, yeah, it's one, as we've been getting bigger, it's, it's hard to balance the game modes mm -hmm. against all these people. I mean, heck we, Tim had to get more cards. We play a, a variant of trouble in terrorist town called infection and the survivor colony and how many decks yeah. of cards did you show up with? Uh, I brought three just in case. Yeah, yeah, three. I mean, we have to use three decks of cards now, so. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, just to get enough, I don't know, face cards or whatever out yeah. of it. It's a, it's a challenge, but I don't know. It's good that it's growing. In the end, it's it's really helpful, and Connor's been so gracious to let us use his place and even play and record and all that good stuff, keeping documentation of the whole thing. Yeah. 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 I enjoy. Yeah. filming you guys and it's good for the, it. it's good for the channel right yeah that's cool um i, I love watching the videos by the way those the even just like just watching people have all that fun and move around and i i, I like the the kind of like laid back slow-mo b-roll that you use it's it's very enjoyable to watch yeah it's 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 fun to film like yeah just yeah you're you're capturing moments. You don't do the whole story. You do you do moments that represent the whole event, which is cool. Oh, good. It's Thank a good you. style. Everybody says they love it. So, well, I enjoy. Yeah, that <laughs> it's cool. Um, I I think we kind of want to wind it down a little bit. Was there any? You've been you've been talking a lot, do you, and which is great. Don't uh, that's that's awesome. But is there anything you wanted to know from us? Do you have any questions you want to throw our way? Maybe kind of a, a last question before shout outs. If you I want to know more. Yeah. I want to know more about how the Dark Club runs. Uh, I want to know more about how you guys got involved together and and uh, how oh. how those events run and what I want to know more about what what you guys have as like plans for the growth of the community in the future. Yeah, so I'll I'll go real quick about 
um, just how the dark club runs. So basically it's very simple. It's basically 95% just private parties. Um, it's evolved over the years as far as like what kind of groups I get in there. In the beginning it was just corporate outings, adult groups. And then once kids found out about the place, it, um, um, sorry. Uh, so once uh, kids found out about the place and parents were like, it's okay to take your kids to this warehouse in Detroit, <laughs> um, it got really busy from there. And so my weekends are pretty kid-heavy and then usually ends with like a 30th or 40th birthday party. Um, and then family, we have family open play from noon to 6 o'clock. I used to have adult open play, but not enough people were either showing up for that or you'd sometimes get groups that just didn't really mix well together. So I'm glad that we're doing Z13 now because that's like kind of – it's a it's a good community of, of people. But. It sort of fills the adult niche because I knew I for sure and you're talking about how we got to know each other. I for sure knew about this place um, when I started learning about Nerf, which happened to be because the local library was hosting matches and I looked up what was around. Dark Club came up and I was like, Oh, what do they offer? Oh, adult nerf nights. Okay. That sounds fun. And then it was like you got to bring people with you. It's like, I don't know if I know enough people who would want to do this. And then it disappeared off the schedule because I, I guess, didn't like it. I didn't like, I just waiting around for maybe people would show yeah. up or two people would show up. I'm like, oh, it's just awkward. Yeah. <laughs> just running games for two people. It is a little awkward. Yeah. And yeah. then, uh, and then like this summer and I'm trying new things like this summer, last summer I tried a nerf camp. I don't think I'll be doing that again. Um, I'll probably do like a nerf. Camp. Oh really? I'll probably do a nerf event like an event camp where it's like a one day thing. That's like a couple mm-hmm. hours long, but something about like once day three hit, these kids did not like each other. And it was just like, I was like, I had an appreciation for teachers. I was like, I can, I'm a pro when it comes to like dealing with kids, like an hour and a half, two hour sessions. Like I'm your best friend. I can handle it. Yeah. Even the last couple of games, things get a little hairy, but like, seeing the same kids every day i'm like ah this is and then the moms stuck around to hang around they were like putting their input like like maybe let's not do that gameplay because it seemed i'm like oh i i don't like this uh, so if I, do, away, if, I, if I do if i do a camp again i will not be running it um <laughs> you have i don't people know for that. It, it is it was just like ah i don't know um how how long were, were were you running the camp for it was just it was like a um it was one week and it was uh i think there were four hour sessions so when gotcha. our private parties like hour and a half is the maximum time you can do for gameplays and that's with like a break in the middle of that and then you get extra time for like food after that but there's a limit with kids and adult groups and that's an hour and a half after that it gets a little ugly and yeah so when i had a camp i was like i can't really advertise this as like oh two hours or whatever like that just doesn't sound good so i was like four hours and i was like ugh, an hour and a half into it i was like okay this is they just hurt each other's feelings at some point or something like that and they or kids just get tired and then they like yell at each other and it's just i don't know they need nap time yeah so it was just the camps are too long and there's too many of them (laughs) so if you so it was popular if you want to steal if you want to steal our model our our nerf camps do are they probably the first out of all of our summer camps to fill up uh, oh, yeah. every single year? And we do three hours long. We do five five uh, days throughout the week. Um, we'll section them off. We have a, a nerf camp for ages six to nine. And then we do a rival camp for ages 10 to 14. And they're always like they'll do random, fun, uh, sort of like team oriented drills but that not like against team versus team they'll be mm. doing like different things uh 
from like against like the uh, the instructors or anything else like that for the first hour and a half. Then they have a snack break, which is wonderful Critical. at getting them yeah. to just kind of like yeah chill out you know that kind of thing and then they'll do team games uh pvp oriented team games for the the next hour and some change or whatnot um and uh i mean it, it it does relatively well i mean obviously every so often you got that that one kid that is uh you know hey let's not be a jerk to uh this other kid um and maybe not you know try to spit at them instead of shooting them with a nerf dart um but uh Oh yeah, yeah. that's that's good advice. Yeah, I don't remember what I did with the age groups, but it was um, it was it it didn't work out as far as like <laughs> the mix I had. I think because a lot of them were like, "Oh, my older brother wants to be in this camp," and it was like, "Dude, you're you gotta chill out." You're <laughs> that's not hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, I'll probably I'm, I'm I mean I I know I'll probably do something again just because I know I'll have the kids asking about it. We had right when I introduced it, I just had moms reaching out to me like all summer long and it was just like all right so there's definitely a thing there but for me it's like gotta find the right mix i gotta i gotta yeah it was a good trial run but i don't know but what aldos was saying does sound like you got some good points in there for sure yeah i like change it up around that snack time that it it it's different enough it keeps their attention and yeah and it's good that they're not competitive all day long because they need some sort of they need to bond as a group they have to sort of like find you know their common ground before they start you know going against each other at least in my mind you know they have a reason to talk to each other and get to make friends rather than enemies i I think it's also a motivational thing of of like you don't get to play the games until after so yeah. you can you can always kind of like hold that, I like, that. Yeah. like oh if you you know if you're if you're not listening if you're not paying attention if you're not getting through these these certain drills like mm. we're not going to get to play that many games today so you know you might want to pay attention and and not be jerks to each other i like that yeah yeah but yeah um as far as like the nerf community in my old location it was like a small one arena place and tim was the only one that i think that <laughs> I, I had really, a, um, one or two parties there. You had a few, I, you had a few there, I yeah. Birth, I, I, I got into the hobby so that I had something to do with my sons. And I started looking into modifying a little bit. I found Drac and, and Coop and those guys on YouTube. And I started looking. I, like, seriously, several times spent hours searching for somewhere that I could go and play. And finally, I, I stumbled across Connor on Facebook. And so I booked a birthday party there. And And he wasn't doing open play at the time. No, yeah, it was just a one arena place. We just did private parties. Um, but I know that the community, they, when they looked into it, and yeah. not like you, but like they would be like, "Oh, this place is small; it's not going to work." Right, and which it probably wouldn't yeah. have, but not for what we were throwing around. Yeah, and yeah. Connor actually is the one who who got me in touch with the suburban Detroit Nerf Club, huh. uh, and Tom and Sam, and I started going to their wars and stuff. And then once you were in your new building, it is when we started trying to. Um, do the open play nights and whatnot. And, and it wasn't really until we got you to go to End War this past year that uh, I, I think the the firm uh, relationship uh, got fostered. And, oh, for sure. And, and took yeah. off. Um, yeah, End War was definitely the, the changing. Yeah, you kind of got it. Point. Did you, you think you sort of just like got the modding community oh, at that point? Oh, big time, or, big yeah. time, yeah. Yeah, because it's a you're just overwhelmed by everything that could possibly exist in terms of Nerf blasters and accessories. And yeah, things it was like great. That. It, it wasn't even so Except much like NIC it wasn't even so much like the blasters. It was the experience and mm-hmm. the people. But um, yeah, no, I was really happy I made it to that. Um, did you did you make it out there, Aldos? Did you go to End War last year or this year? 
either one? No. Uh, or, well, yeah. That, so last year I was traveling the mm-hmm. same week. And then this year it was the same week as my wife's birthday. Or the same day, actually, as my wife's birthday. Uh-huh. And uh, she nerfs. She loves it. Uh, has a lot of fun. But isn't necessarily, if I were to ask her, like, hey, wife, what would you like to do for your birthday? Uh, probably traveling over to Ohio <laughs> and going to a nerf event wasn't pretty high on her list. <laughs> so, I so, did try yeah. to convince a couple people to go and they were like, Ohio? Like, uh, <laughs> if, vacation uh, time is valuable for, if, if for our age group it, and Ohio wasn't yeah. selling it. <laughs> if you can make it next year, it is quite an experience. It's, it's kind of mind blowing to see, you know, a community as, as small as we actually are, how much actually, you know, how much there is out there, all the different facets. It's freaking it for, huge, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I heard a rumor that it was being moved to Georgia next year. That is, is the is, popular rumor. There has not been confirmation. Yet. I mean, it's been like it's been all all but officially announced. You They'll know, have but, to announce it fairly soon. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've I've heard from some inside friends that that's probably where it's going to be. Yeah, it'll it'll be in Georgia. There will. Let's put it this way: there's going to be an event in Georgia somewhere. I don't know. But there, you know, there might be other events as well. It's just yeah. one of those things. Like there will be some sort of event happening in Georgia at some point. I don't know. But yeah. So uh, did did we get all the? Did you get all your questions answered? Basically, did you want to ask something else particular? We generally I have try one to more. keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Connor, why did you start a Nerf? company business or anything that is the question i get every day so yeah so basically um i so it started in my house it it was a number of things so um i was working a lot of like customer service jobs and kind of burning out but i was also working like 80 hours a week for like four years straight so i had a little bit of money saved up um so when it came time when i had the idea which was basically going to target and um coming across the nerf section and seeing looking back they weren't I, they're not very good, but like the Centurions and like the just big blasters they had and a few of the elite blasters. So we brought them back to my house. Um, it started off as like um, kind of a drinking game. And then uh, it evolved into like we came up with actual game plays in my house. And it really came down to just like one gameplay where basically we, it was an offensive team and a defensive team. Offensive team goal was just try to shoot down all the targets that were set up in the kitchen with the timer on the microwave set for like a minute or two minutes. And if they didn't shoot them down in that time, then they lost. Um, and basically the defensive team goal was to stop them. So if you were shot, you had to respawn by running up the stairs, running down the stairs. And the defensive team, if you were shot, run down the stairs, run up the stairs. And it was awesome. And it was a hell of a workout. Um, but that's kind of where I came up with the idea. I was like, shoot, you don't really need a big space for this. And, uh, it's just a lot of fun. So I kind of researched if the places existed anywhere. And at the time, um, I think it was just Dart Wars with, uh, in Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. So I knew it existed, but that was like all the research I did because I was like, I don't want to like copy them in any way. So I was like, all right, now I'm just going to research if I can afford to do this. How would I do this? And where would I do this? And uh, it was about a year of just researching and planning. And um, But I was like pretty certain I was doing this. And then a friend referred me to the Russell Industrial Center, which was my first location. And um, it was month-to-month rent, super cheap. They really didn't care what you did in the space. Um, there's a lot of like downsides to some things, but it the pros outweighed the cons. Um, and then they showed me a space that 
don't know if you've seen on the YouTube channel any of the old videos, but um, it's like this building with a giant lion um, graffiti mural with wings on it. Um, and the space they show me was basically the right, the bottom of that. So it was a pretty awesome front door that's right off I-75 to go into downtown. So when they showed me that space, I was like, all right, there's really no excuse not to do this. And uh, um, so I did it and did it on a very shoestring budget. Basically, everything I found was like around the building, like <laughs> platforms. And the flooring was Costco, two foot by two foot flooring, the cheap stuff. And that stuff ripped like butter. So the place was held together by a lot of duct tape. <laughs> Tim knows yeah. a lot of duct tape. Um, so no ACLs were torn there, luckily. Uh, but uh, I was there for about two and a half years. And um, luckily, it picked up pretty quickly with end-of-year parties for corporate outings. And then there was a lull. And then once kids found about the place, it got busier. And then it got slow again. Then it got really busy. So 2016 is where it kind of like took off and made it my full-time job. And then uh, in 2017 was when that looked like that place was getting shut down. So I uh, got out of there in a hurry and scrambled to find the new spot I'm in right now. And it's it's worked out perfectly so far. Um, but yeah, it's just been... Yeah, it's been going quick, but also not at the same time. Um, but so let me let me get this straight. So yeah. you said you were getting burned out with customer service uh, jobs. Uh, yeah. So I worked um, uh, health in the healthcare <laughs> industry. Um, <laughs> yeah. So healthcare industry, I was doing a customer service and insurance verification there, and also was working uh, retail, like um, at a Detroit themed store at a, a mall in the suburbs. And uh, it, it only took me a few uh, Christmases to burn out from retail and all that stuff. I was just not happy with what I was doing. I have a degree in kinesiology and decided... So like, your solution to customer service burnout was to more open a service. small business. Yeah, more customer service. Yeah. <laughs> Although at the same time, I wouldn't have had the confidence to do the business I'm in if I didn't do all that customer service stuff. So I, I'm looking at the positive in it. Yeah. But um, I, all I knew was like, I need to do something happy or I'm going to like lose it. Um, so... I did that, and uh, and of course, like my main clients now are like dealing with the same moms I dealt with, dealt with uh, working retail. <laughs> but but uh, my customers are really you get a lot of positive feedback from them, so everyone's like really super friendly, um, and they're all like great, for, good for you. This is your full time job, and it's not something I would have um, gotten from <laughs> my other jobs, but. Yeah, and you have a place. But yeah, it was a, it was a combination name, of being burnt uh, out, and uh, I just thought it was a really good idea. Um, and I thought that there was just no activity businesses in the Detroit area at all. So I thought people need to do something fun. And I know all these businesses where people are in teams and they have money to go out and do outings. And I was like, all right, that's that's where it's at. And uh, just got to be ready when I get discovered by like Quicken Loans. And that was the first group that came in, and it. That's where it kind of took off from there. Yeah, it's awesome. But yeah, that's kind of <laughs> how I came up with it. Are you it. happy now that you made him have flashbacks <laughs> to these terrible times? No, those were those were good. They were it's, they were meant to be. <laughs> everything before that, though. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, I guess that's uh, that's it. it. We this is about our our sort of our time period that we shoot for for the length of the episode. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, oh, quickly, shout-outs. Any, Aldous, anybody you want to shout-out? Anybody you want to say thanks for anything? Or anything uh, cool I mean, you've been I seeing? Definitely want to say thanks to you guys for starting this up. Um, I've actually never been, um, I don't listen 
to many podcasts unless I'm on a like a long road trip, which isn't all the time, maybe like once or twice a year. So uh, this is this is a new experience for me. But I also think that it's just that one thing that that the community doesn't have like there's no podcast for nerf and so now you guys have started it i think that's absolutely incredible and it, it just is is a nice dynamic that adds into the entire maturing process that i'm seeing with the hobby recently i think that's just really cool uh seeing seeing more more not only just like communities come together and band together to start events like Z13, uh, but also to have the collaboration of putting stuff together, making videos, uh, making podcasts, making content that helps fuel the community and the growth of the community and trying to reach out to new people. I just think it's so cool. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all about supporting stuff like that and uh, giving you guys credit where credit's due. So we appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. Very much. Yeah. I would, just to be fair, there is another podcast out there, um, Foamcast Radio, who they've been. Very, oh shoot, that's right, Foamcast yeah. Radio. They, I'm they've so been sorry. very. They, the guy's been very friendly. It's just it's a different type of podcast. The way that he does it and the way that we do it, we don't. We we try to fit different um, sort of different mindsets about our our path. This was a bit more interview based than conversation based, but yeah, yeah we try yeah. to try like to keep I said, it conversational. I, I like I I don't I'm I don't listen to podcasts. Yeah, so. no, it's <laughs> uh, it's yeah, it's not. The, totally but, understand, um, man. That's... Yeah. Uh, but other other shout outs. I mean, just I, there's there's been so many people in the community recently that have been really, I think, pulling together and and just I think this year out of any other year has been absolutely unbelievable for content driven growth in the community with uh jangular doing everything that he does with this week in nerf mm -hmm. uh with with beret putting out some of the most hilarious entertaining content that that i've ever seen the phenomenal unbelievable explosive growth of captain xavier that blows right. my mind yeah he he's uh, great for the community jangular and, and captain xavier are the two yeah. people that i re always recommend to our new new members because they're yeah. going to get everything they need for for the community from those two channels. Yeah, um, and then I mean, uh, all of the all the small content creators that I've been seeing, uh, people get ask me all the time, like I like now that YouTube's changed their partnership program, does it even worth it to to start a channel? And if for no other reason, like yeah, nobody's really making that much money unless you're like coop or aaron esser or drac or any anybody else of like the the big names nobody's really making content about nerf and making that their their, you know, their livelihood um but just to share the experience of of what your events are like to give people something to just kind of like chill out and watch what they want to watch like i i remember looking at all the time looking at uh, just like sports and I was never that interested in sports as a kid and I was so into video games and and just like now I'm super into Nerf or I have no idea why but Nerf Blasters just intrigued the hell out of me and it, you, you sit there and you go well I'm interested in this why isn't there more stuff that I can entertain myself with and watch just on this one particular random niche. And the internet has really been helping fuel that kind of thing. And now we have even stuff like uh, uh, the, shoot, what's it called? Uh, 
the BTA, the the Blaster oh, yeah, Tag Association, Blaster Tag. and like competitive Nerf and competitive Nerf style events. That's so cool, and it, like the the content that comes from it is just out of this world, and it just blows my like blows oh, my man. mind. It's like yes, this is everything I wanted to see out of this kind of stuff, um, and and to see uh, people like TK one one three eight put put more stuff out there through like the Atomic Dart League. Um, to to just like also to see the random changes in in how different communities interact with each other. So all the Aussie nerfers with with Make Text Battle and Tiger Foam and Bradley Phillips, who's also been killing it recently on the oh, YouTube yeah. world. Uh, that's some amazing stuff to to watch constantly. Uh, all the modders that are coming out that might not have channels or, or stuff that you can literally binge watch, but just like putting stuff out there that helped things out like Grihas that, that just have a 3d printer or maybe don't have a 3d printer, but they have some software and some free time in a dream. And like the, the random visions that they get in their head and they go like, Oh my gosh, I can make this better. Or maybe you're Harrison and G.26 and you go, I'm going to make this entire new blaster and you know, hell will stop me and, and it's going to fire shell and eject yeah, shells yeah. out of it. Uh, it's just really exciting to watch that that kind of growth in the hobby and i I think like the the next couple of years are going to be really cool to to be a part of and and to witness crazy good stuff yeah i think you shouted out pretty much everyone in the community so (laughs) uh there's no one left for us but we'll we'll... (laughs) i'm just kidding yeah you had you basically named all the like all the big names right there so that was awesome um, you mentioned competitive. That's something that we're working. We're going to have our inaugural competitive game on December 2nd. So that's something that we're talking about in here. And we're going to follow the Ion Rush format. So um, TK yeah. has been kind of helping us with uh, just giving, just chatting about it, giving us some advice. Um, we're going to take our arenas. When you get a, if you see our arenas in any videos uh, or Connor's arenas, with the, the bigger arena on the right side of the building when you come in, we're going to combine those two. We basically just open the blinds or the uh, curtains that go between them, and that fits the 120-foot-long um, requirement for an arena. Uh, there is no width requirement, so we're just barely fitting in under that. But we're going to give it a try because he has this fixed cover that we have to deal with. So that means it's going to be a bit interesting because we don't have repositionable cover as our main thing. Right. So yeah, we're going to have to we're going to play with that a little bit and see how it goes, but we're giving it a try because there's enough people who really want to do this to uh, to at least give it at least give it a initial go and hopefully it keeps on growing after that. Can I can I do a quick shameless plug? Yeah, yeah, do it. Uh, there, there are literally just so many names that, that like, I, I wish I could take the time to, to say right now. Uh, but if you were interested in knowing all the other cool people that either like put stuff out there on, on YouTube and make gameplay edits in particular, which is what I'm mainly focused on and that kind of thing. I have a weekly series or at least an almost weekly series called the weekly Nerf Roundup, where I literally shout out every single person from the community that puts out edited or, you know, any other type of gameplay or anything that could be misconstrued as gameplay content <laughs> out there and give links to all their content uh, just to, to help the, you know, share the love basically. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of content that you put together. So yeah, good. It's, it's another, it's a good source. Good. Uh, something that we continue to need. We, you, Jangular does his thing and you do your thing as well, which is great. It's a good, good pairing of content. So absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, let's go ahead and wrap this out. And uh, don't forget to check out Aldos on uh, Facebook, 
maybe. Are you on Facebook? I am. Yep. Yeah, Sweet. Nerf. And uh, YouTube. Are you on the Instagrams? I am on Instagram as Check Nerf him Ninja out on the Aldos. Instagrams? Nerf, okay. Nerf Ninja Aldos. That's awesome. Check him out there. Anywhere, anywhere else people should check you out at. Find your content. Uh, they could travel over to Rochester, New York and partake in our weekly <laughs> Nerf battles in person. I would actually very much like to do that. How far yeah. away is it? Because you did you did say you are from Ann Arbor, if I'm not mistaken. So that's that's pretty. Yeah, I was actually I was born I was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I moved away. Uh, my dad used to work for Ford. Um, moved away in '97, and I have yet to be back. Wow. So, I, but I think we're only like five and a half hours away. Um, that's like an hour travel distance for me. <laughs> yeah. Go, yeah, Canada, uh, you right? just have to travel through Canada to do it. But oh, I mean, like, good point. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to wrap this up because my mom's calling. Uh-oh. So don't forget to follow <laughs> us on Instagram at Detroit Dart Talk, where we post regular pictures of projects and behind the scenes content. Uh, feel free to leave us some feedback. Uh, let us know how you felt about our show and Aldos's show, and we'll pass that on to him. And uh, <laughs> for Connor, Tim, uh, Connor and Tim, And Aldos, this is Eric, and we'll see you on the next episode.